Yeah. You have been called the Dumbledore of the sport, um, which is really lovely. And uh, uh, Sean was telling me when you first started playing, balls were made with whale leather because I didn't Mm. realise it was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's come a long way, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, David got his first game because I got dropped. I'm telling that story. I did. I can remember that. I do, I do vividly upstairs at Fremantle. I was um, called up to see Chris Connell in his office on a Wednesday or Thursday or whatever it was. And uh, I was sitting outside his office kind of knowing what was coming and going to debut and all the emotions that come with that. And so justifiably was sweating absolute bullets waiting to go into this meeting. Um, and as I was about to get up to go in, Big Shawnee comes storming out, angriest man in first. Um, <laughs> looks at me, gives me like this really hesitant little nod like, but well mate, but I just got dropped, so stuff you storms out. <laughs> uh, I mean, some would say it was the right decision. Yeah, Dave, you said you don't know what you're going to do next, but like, is it, do you have an idea? Where do you, what sort of skill set have you got? Do you think maybe, you know, you'll stay in footy in some capacity as, you know, coaching or do you want to go into the media or? Aquaculture. Yeah. Yes. Of course you're a marine you, biologist. Do you want to get, uh, do you want yeah. to get Sean dropped here so you can stay <laughs> and get his job too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, says it works. Nathan, Adam, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've spent, I've spent about 15 years really trying to um, educate myself prepare myself for this transition yes. and be ready for, you know, whatever opportunity comes. So, yeah, I've done um, marine and environmental undergrad and honours and I'm mm. about to finish an MBA. Done a little bit of work in the media, obviously, and some commentating stuff and obviously entrenched in you know, what happens at the football club, uh, both in a playing sense, but I guess more in a leadership and operational sense as well. So, um, I have no grand ideas or ambitions just yet. Um, nothing set in concrete on the way out. I'm, um, I'm really open and flexible to whatever comes my way. Well, you better hurry up because JK's looking for stuff too. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> you flooded the market with amazing <laughs> retiring footballers. I know, competition never been so stiff, Dave. <laughs> hey, hey Barra, the first time um, when you got drafted, right, in 2003, from Seymour, how did that take place? Did the recruiting guys feel smart? Um, Brent Dawkins coming to you. How did it all go down for you and how was it received? Uh, well, I guess the first, my first memory of it is at draft camp. I was sitting down with Fremantle people and um, Chris Connolly, who was a Golden Valley boy as well, um, asked me point blank, how do you feel about wearing purple? <laughs> and I, I was growing, I was wearing um, or playing for my Bush Rangers at that point. They had a purple sash through the middle of their jumper and I... I mentioned that and got a few chuckles and a few head nods, so that was yeah. probably my first good step for, in a Fremantle sense. Awesome. Um, so it's literally the just a colour chart <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. purple jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, so the draft back then wasn't like it is now. It's not um, wasn't some big um, aired event. It was I think it just happened quietly one morning, and I was actually asleep for it. I got woken up by a text message. Um, on my old big Nokia phone, um, which I was really proud of at the time. Yeah, of course. Um, by a teammate congratulating me. So I walked out um, uh, to the kitchen, um, and my dad was sitting at the kitchen bench trying to tune his radio to get the draft, and I <laughs> told him, and he was immediately, like, chuffed out. 
Uh, they walked through to wake up my mum because she was a night shift nurse, and so she just got home and gone to bed. Yeah. Uh, and I told her, and she immediately started bawling her eyes out. Of course. Oh, her boy was moving to the other the side of the country. Yeah. 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 And then he sat down and he played a celebratory game of Snake on his Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Snake? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it's a video game. What, what number did you go at, Dave? I was drafted number 19 yeah. um, in that year, which was the first pick of the second round. And I can remember leading up to the draft, just joking with my mates. Um, I didn't think I was going to get drafted, really, uh, and certainly not that high. But I was, remember joking with my mates saying, oh, I hope I don't go pick 19 because it's the first pick of the second round and the pay scale drops by like three <laughs> grand. The first round, wow. <laughs> hey, Dave, do you remember the minimum for me? Oh, I think my first year was like uh, 14500 bucks or song, something along those lines. Yours would have been pretty low back then. Oh, his was pounds and shillings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was paid um, in my first year as a second round draftee. My base wage, I think, was about $37,000. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in 2004, yeah, which... At the time, for an 18-year-old, I was like, oh, my God, look at all this. So yeah, it, was, um, it was a nice little bump, yeah. And what about, um, this will be my final question for you. You've, <laughs> you've gone through all this period, right? But at the moment, you were playing as a player, your coach you played with, the GM of football you played with, the CEO was playing when you first got drafted. It's pretty amazing in that sense as well. Yeah. The Queen was a wag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. I um. I, when these like when Justin and Peter and Josh Carr, um, you know, have come back to the club, I found the first interaction with them really weird. Yeah. They've come back in a position of authority in the hierarchy, you know, yeah. above me, and um, you know, we've been on footy trips together and you know, played a heap of footy together, and so there's a lot of back uh, back history with our relationship and stuff. So to kind of fall back into that, you know, coach player relationship has been. Uh, the first couple of times, the first couple of weeks, has been, you know, something that we've had to feel out. It's been, you know, a little bit awkward, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I guess then having that relationship, it's really helped, I guess, um, me find my place in, in how we help get the playing group to where you wanted to get it to. Mm. And I felt like I've been really included in that process, which has been great. Oh, you, well, you, you, you've mate. been an you've ornament been to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary yeah. career. Love your work. You've been you, amazing. So look forward to plenty more games in uh, 2022, mate. Keep playing well. You're outstanding last week. Keep it up. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you, yeah, man. Yeah, what a legend. This is Nathan, Nat and Sean. Well, let's head straight over to Birmingham and catch up with our great mate, Jason Richardson. You'll see him trackside at, at the Athletics watching the Commonwealth Games. Good morning, Richo. Good morning, buddy. Ah, oh, my day is complete. Forget <laughs> the 100 metres. <laughs> Nova Perth, you bloody beauty. How are you? Are you enjoying the Commonwealth Games? Yes, well, I'm That's enjoying amazing. watching you dress up as Peaky Blinders, which seems to be a <laughs> big hey. part of the coverage. <laughs> hey, seriously, Nat, how bloody good did I look? I know. You, you were very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, I was stopped while we were doing it because we were walking actually in the museum where they film Peaky Blinders and yeah. we've got a camera crew with us and... Of course, uh, the beautiful Mel McLaughlin was dominating proceedings. And we were strutting along, and I'm stopping all the time and staring and trying to be Tommy Shelby. And uh, <laughs> we actually convinced most of the people we were filming a scene for Peaky Blinders. Oh, God. Oh, they would have bought it, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I won't lie to you. Uh, Mel had 105 photos. I got one, uh, one <laughs> selfie, with a young lady who, it's fair to say, they had had a little touch of augmentation, and she right. had two kids. And uh, one of them was called Pebbles. 
So I think you oh, get a bit of an idea of I'm attractive. Yeah, <laughs> I, see, I see what yeah. you're saying. Hey, um, I did, we, saw, we saw you go to the chocolate factory as well. Yeah. Um, well, what are the other little things yeah. that you've done over there that we might have missed? Our chocolate factory is just absolutely fantastic. I didn't realise that Cadbury was actually started here. That's how no. I had it. I am. I thought it was a Tasmanian chocolate. <laughs> I, I said that to the guy there, and he was absolutely offended. He said, "Yeah, we set up that uh, about a hundred years ago, but we've been here for two hundred. Then I could chat." Uh, <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> I've been to a whole lot of canals. Guess what? There's more canals here than there is in Bennett. There you really? go. I didn't know that. About that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but they are stinky, smelly canals. So uh, went and did that um, and just checking out most of Birmingham. I tell you what, watching you down at the athletics tonight yeah. and, um, geez, you were um, catching up with um, Brandon Stark there for a while from Game of Thrones. That was good. He got a silver in the high jump. <laughs> Ron Brown, yeah, your favourite. <clears throat> Yeah, we love Rowan, don't we? I think I've got a peanut has gone down the wrong way. Cough <laughs> it up. It's supposed to put it in your mouth, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in the car. I'm in the car with a lot of people. So we're on Nova Perth. Uh, anyone else in the car that I can see? Uh, Tamsin, say hi to Nova Perth. Tamsin Lewis. Hey, hey Tamsin. Tamsin. What a champion of the yeah. track she was. Fantastic. What a champion she was. That was a very poor uh, accent of Birmingham, wasn't it? <laughs> I've got a guy who's got a better accent of Birmingham. Uh... Hey, Bruce, give us a Birmingham accent. No, uh, Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Thank you so much. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, the great Isn't man, the Bruce. the carpool of all I know. Time. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't want this car to crash, would no. you? <laughs> <laughs> so you've just found out what I do. I buy, You're I a driver. For Bruce. That's why Shorty McManus, you'd know a bit about that, mate, just sort of being out wide, just providing... Oh, yeah, I was always on the outside of the edges, yeah, yeah, yeah. just doing my thing, waiting my turn, Get swooping cleaned in. cleaned up by David Wiraponda. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did read a story this morning, I, I don't remember his name, but there was, uh, I think it was a Jamaican runner, um, ran uh, his uh, personal best under 45 seconds and had to get a wheelchair. In the 400? In the, four, uh, in the 400. Um, he had a lactic acid and issue. He had lactic, and then everyone's saying, um, well, great run, but that was a really naive thing to do because you're supposed to save that run to the final. So isn't that amazing for people to say, oh, yeah. well done, but what, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? And then he was lying on the ground. He could hardly move. And did you notice Tamsin Manu was giggling at him the fact that he couldn't make his way over, <laughs> make his way off the track? Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was crawling like he was at the end of the marathon. He done 400. I would like to see that, that at one of the drug events, crawling. How yes. would that oh, be? That would be pretty excellent, actually, <laughs> wouldn't it? But that last 50 metres he ran, for, for whatever reason, yes. pushing himself to the know. And everyone's going, and yeah, you're right. He's clearly qualified yeah. for the final. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, and then there was the other guy that um, uh, that pulled up too early and um, and now apparently his whole country's just taking the piss out of him uh, because <laughs> he uh, let one of the Australians get through. It's like so, so people are going too hard, people are stopping too early. It's so great, the athletics. Oh, it's good fun, isn't it? The swimming's been incredible as well. Yeah. I mean, around Titmus, yeah, put a full stop on it tonight. Um, the 1500 metres is always a highlight in the year. Australian team just totally and utterly dominate uh, the pool. But if you notice that it's very much when we look at our gold medal tally, it is so skewed towards our female athletes. Our yes. female athletes have got three quarters of the gold medals. 
Girl power is reigning supreme at Birmingham. Well, it was the same thing in the Olympics just gone by. Our girls just mm. dominated. Have They have been. They've been outstanding. I want to get back to the track there for a second. And um, yes, I, 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 <laughs> I see a lot of these guys, Richo, they go down with um, cramp and we saw the lactic acid build yeah. up and all this kind of stuff. You're from the athletics world, mm. and I've seen these guys train firsthand when we had uh, Adam Basil over here training one yeah. of your great friends. What, what oh, is this? Are you a bit soft in the athletic world? Let's be honest. <laughs> Well, some are soft in the athletic w- athletics world, but of course, uh, I wasn't. I was extraordinary. I was breathtaking. You're um, amazing. A gazelle, some, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> you liberated a nation. We've heard it many times. <laughs> Stocky, tubby gazelle. <laughs> the fastest one that we've ever seen. <laughs> no, but uh, they are. I'll tell you what the thing about you look at the 100 metres. Mm. There is nowhere to hide. You can't make yeah. your way down to the uh, the forward pocket and just do a few shepherds and contribute to a team effort. <laughs> it is just you trying to exert your will on the other in your own lane where you can't touch. Yeah, them. but only for it's ten seconds. Of, well, what more do you possibly want? <laughs> <laughs> Should we uh, take a moment to talk about Peter Bowl? Because <laughs> he was dominant oh, yeah. in the 800 in, in his uh, heat. So, yeah, looking forward to him bringing it home. He was fantastic, wasn't he? So he's got four days to wait, which is unusual, a big mm. gap between the uh, final. But he was about 20 to 1 before the, uh, you know, in the early betting, which I thought was far to wasn't a true indication of his price. And it was interesting... You know, Bruce calling the 400-metre heats and, uh, you know, he's the best judge there is. said a really fair point, and that is, I think he's the favourite. I think he's the one that they have to beat. He seems to have come out of the World Championships where he made the World Championship final. Some athletes have really struggled coming out of it and backing up, changing continents, travelling halfway across the world in such a short amount of time and then uh, doing another major chance. But he seems to really trampolined off that to a whole different level. He is the one that they have to beat. He is going to be fantastic. He's a great ambassador for Australia and WA, of course. Uh, yep. So you'll be barracking hard for him. And, uh, yep. I reckon he'll win. Excellent. Well, that'll be great, mate. No doubt you had a piece, or someone you know that might have had a piece of that 20 to 1 for Peter to take out the gold medal. Mm. Um, anyway, Richo, congratulations <laughs> on such a great effort so far. We've loved it in your work on Channel 7, as always, mate. And. Uh, God bless you. Come home safe. <laughs> Love chatting to you always. And uh, don't forget, gamble Nathan, Matt and Sean is a Nova podcast. For more great comedy shows like this, head to novapodcasts.com.au.